Welcome to Generations of X, the podcast where we discuss the past, present, and future of all things X-Men. I am your co-host, the uncanny Dayspring. And I'm your other co-host, the adjectiveless Flinkman. During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production offices. Listen, I've had it with you. Can't you just be happy that she's back from the dead? No. The metaphor's still there, mm-hmm. but also when you make things explicit, you have all this new room for story. To begin the series with Magneto. Okay, that's his point of view, but he, he might not be wrong. You know, and right. Xavier's got his point of view and yeah. he might not be yeah. wrong. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and, and, and very kind and really just such a, you could tell his aura, he had such a huge heart. I love Doug Ramsey so much. I cannot open up this issue. The cover has me so nervous. You know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but it that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her even more, you know, the girl next door that everybody could talk to. Dazzler, who is so hidden in the current DOX books that even Kylie Minogue isn't worried about copyright infringement. And joining us again is our panel of WandaVision guests. I don't know what it, we don't even have a straight up moniker for you guys. No, I mean, we need to come up with something by, by the next episode. We'll, we'll have like a, a, a name for our crack team of experts here. <laughs> <laughs> so we got joining us from Los Angeles. We have Nightfall. Hi, I'm a stepper cuckoo and my safe word is three and one. <laughs> You know, they're back to being the five in one now, so be careful. <laughs> true, true. Five's a party. As a- <laughs> and joining us from tomorrow is a guest who doesn't have an alias just yet, but let's just say we're going to give her soul alias <laughs> as Courtney. <laughs> Love Courtney. it. Love it. <laughs> hi, Courtney. Hi, hi, hi. Good evening to you guys. What oh yeah, good world? good morning to you. Like this yeah. whole we're I, I I don't know if we've covered it. I'm sure we covered it in in great detail in our our first episode, but that was two whole weeks ago. But we're in like all different time zones right now. So <laughs> it's like different yeah. time zones. We got someone coming from the future. I we have Ryan in my slight past. Paul, you're a little bit. I'm sorry, day spring. You're a little bit ahead. It takes quite a bit of of juggling to to make all this magic work for you guys. I just can't believe we were able to agree on a time that works yeah. for everyone, and we've been good with it. Yeah. And no one's confused. <laughs> if anyone was going to be confused, it would probably be me. Guys, what was this episode this week? It was so good. So it was good. so so good. It was. It's was probably my favorite episode of the series so far. I mean, that's no big surprise to anyone who knows me and has heard my my Monica Rambo ramblings for for years and years. But Courtney, did you have a little recap of what of what happened for us? I'm sorry. We're gonna interrupt this podcast for this episode recap. Okay. So episode four starts with a flashback, revealing that Monica vanished in the Infinity War snap just after her mom, Maria, had surgery to remove cancer. So Monica's body gets jigsaw puzzled back together and she wakes up in the hospital where people are reappearing all over the place. And it's the first time we've seen the chaos 
caused by everyone blipping back in Avengers Endgame. And it is brutal. So Monica, who thinks she's only been gone for 20 minutes, discovers from a doctor that she's been gone for five years. And during that time, her mom's cancer came back and she died, unfortunately. What a scene to li- like, le- like leave on. Yeah. And then after the opening credits, which places us, I think, about three weeks after the blip has returned everyone, um, Monica goes to S.W.O.R.D. headquarters to meet with director Tyler Hayward. So if everyone doesn't know, set up by Maria S.W.O.R.D. is a U.S. intelligence agency that monitors threats and potential allies from space, except it shifted focus during Monica's absence to robotics, nanotech, AI, and sentient weapons. So we find out Monica has been grounded, no pun intended, which leaves her with an assignment helping out the FBI with a missing persons case in New Jersey. So Monica meets FBI agent Jimmy Wu, um, a very dashing Randall Park uh, in front of the very familiar Westview sign. So, however, according to local authorities who are literally standing in front of the sign, the town of Westview doesn't exist. Um, Certain supernatural forces that we know have caused the whole town to disappear while creating a sort of kind of amnesia bubble to those around it. Monica sends in a droid. Of course, it disappears. Monica sticks her hand in and, as we all know, gets pulled into the energy field. And then we fast forward about 24 hours later and our fave astrophysicist, uh, Darcy Lewis, I mean, Dr. Dr. Darcy Lewis, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Darcy. I love, I love that like little kind of interjection interjection she did. I was like, yeah, yes, girl, yeah. Tell him. Um, so she arrives at the response base sword has set up or kind of around the perimeter of Westview. And she tells them that there are cosmic microwave something radiation. <laughs> comic something galactic. Stuff. Yeah, comic book yeah. stuff is happening there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was like, cosmic microwaves, that can't be right. It's not just- <laughs> It very well could be. Wanda was cooking up some kids after all. <laughs> some kids coming out. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. <laughs> so she discovers that there are broadcast wavelengths kind of superimposed of noise. And of course, being the smart lady that she is, sets up an old TV, picks up the broadcast of Wanda's sitcom where we watch clips from the past three episodes. Um, They begin to identify missing townspeople, including Monica as characters in Wanda's sitcom. Um, Darcy and Jimmy try to communicate with Wanda through the radio as we saw in episode two. What they don't know, but what we see is that it worked and it cuts away when Wanda reacts to, it seems like any interruptions from the MCU reality, censoring whatever she doesn't like. So at the part where Monica mentions Ultron in episode three, the perspective shifts back to that moment and we finally see the conversation between Wanda and Monica. 
Um, Wanda tells her that she is trespassing and wants her to leave and then unleashes her powers on Monica, sending her through like the side of the house (laughs) (laughs) before she lands outside of Westview. Um, Vision comes home exactly as he did in last episode, except this time when Wanda turns around to look at him, he's looking a little gray and lifeless, just as he did after Thanos tore the Mind Stone from his forehead at the end of Infinity War. Um, It ends as Monica says, it's Wanda, it's all Wanda to us in the outside world. And Wanda, Vision, and the twins sit down to watch TV while Jimi Hendrix's voodoo child plays in the background and scene. Bravo. (laughs) Oh my God, bravo. That was, you you nailed nailed it. it. As you were talking, I was writing down notes because I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. (laughs) I was like, there was so much to synopsis, like synopsize in this episode that I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this in like a normal time but not reveal anything so we can talk about it and our thoughts. Oh, it was like so much. I mean, you nailed it though. You really did such an excellent job. Like you did exactly what you, what you set out to do. And like, I'm even more hyped to talk about this episode. Who wants to go first? Should we throw it to Nightfall? Nightfall. Nightfall. Um, Well, I like, what I love a lot about this episode is that there's a lot of interpretations and a lot of viewpoints you can have on it from as both a viewer, but also as someone who's seen the reality Wanda's created. Um, I I like that this has also been the first kind of most straightforward episode for us to like really digest. And it's also uh, titled, We Interrupt This uh, Broadcast. So it's kind of like a nice little, you know, tongue in cheek moment to really like kind of set the, the stage, if you will, what's been going on outside um you know the first thought i had was when they were watching wanda and vision and they were seeing all these things it almost felt so invasive because it was like we had been watching this world and kind of almost existing within its bubble and that's like such a really great like view of how they directed these scenes where the episodes were all within her perspective all within her world and when you see it from there you really get this stark contrast of just like how much like it's like this like they're literally like microscope looking at all these little details you know there's a lot of jokes or kind of like funny it's just funny how they're like oh it's two it's a sitcom with two avengers you know it's like there's a lot of things that we ourselves are feeling along the way but what Uh, i love about it is that wanda presumably wanda is broadcasting this yeah yeah. (laughs) my girlfriend is thorough she is broadcasting this she has her own commercials she said i can't (laughs) package she needs sponsors hydra give us some money i know hydra hydra if you want to sponsor us we are sellouts we're fine with it hydra hydra so bring it <laughs> anyways continue nightfall oh no you're good um but no it was it was a really like impactful episode i think it it really set the stage and i mean one again something i've always speculated was that it was always wanda doing this and it was always her um act that like this was all of her doing and i love that that kind of has solidified that concept or that theory a little bit more. And I, there's so many more loose ends still left, but you know, um, I was, I'm really intrigued just kind of thinking about like what she, what's gonna happen to her. Because I think what I was thinking a lot was like how much this follows a very, not exactly, but a similar path to like House of M's storyline where it's like, she's created this world where like, you know, she lost vision 
she lost a lot of people in her life that she loves and she wanted to create a world where she's happy that she has a family this conventional style you can even say and argue like a, you know something that i've seen people speculate too is like the idea that wanda's obsession with sitcoms stems from wanting a, a real family and a real normal family at that well and, so and there's a lot of uh What's her name from Young Justice? Hello, Megan. Hello, yeah, Megan. Yeah, yeah. She learned about Earth through, by watching sitcoms. Yes. Right. So I wonder if that's sort of the same with Wanda when she came from Sokovia. Like she used to watch like these sitcoms and she watched Nick at Night with all of us. Yeah, that's absolutely my perspective on it for, uh, as well. Oh, wow. And that's why she's that. created this virtual reality. But wait, the, the only thing I want to add to what you've been sure. saying right now, Nightfall, is yeah, I mean, I think we've all kind of thought this is going to be Wanda's meltdown and, and she's sort of behind it. But Darcy said something to that kind of like clicked something to me and they're like, yeah, but someone's censoring it. Mm. And it goes back to what Courtney was saying and what we were all speculating, like, Oh, is someone, it was that Wanda this time. Like Wanda can say no, but other times it looks like there's a censor. So I wonder if, and look, I know I have not been up with this theory, but did Wanda make a deal with the devil so someone censoring her. here's here's kind of where I'm at with that. So like sword ID'd, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Hart, they ID'd Herb, mm -hmm. they ID ID'd uh, Dottie's husband, but they did not. They did not ID Agnes and they <laughs> yeah. did not ID nope. Dottie herself, who you remember uh, is was referred to as the key to, to, to everything. So like getting that... <sighs> Mm. new perspective on the the Wanda Dottie exchange from episode two. I'm like, I'm wondering if Dottie reset reality in that moment because because Wanda seemed a little shook, whereas Dottie just picks right back up. She yeah. just goes and she just jumps right back to it. Really? So I don't know, like maybe I'm like reading way too much into that Dottie is the key to everything, but I, something is going on with Dottie. I was gonna say it kind of gives, um, Blinkman, your, your interpretation of that actually gives a new layer to then that scene that we've kind of all seen where Agnes in like the 80s outfit is like, let's take it from the top. It yeah. almost seems yeah. like more so that she's in control in that moment yeah. than now, if your theory is correct. And I kind of like that, that I feel like I, I stand by that Wanda did a lot of it to herself, but I definitely think they're much like a show, by the way. You need producers and editors and people mm. to cut the film and make it look good. So there's people behind the scenes working and making. So people are working their mojo behind the scenes. Oh my oh. God. I don't think this is how we're gonna get mojo in the MCU. I would die if it was, but like. <laughs> the only thing I'm gonna say is with Agnes, I 100% agree she is not ID'd for a reason. Yeah. I wonder if it's less about Agnes in control, but like maybe Agnes was trying to stop Wanda from taking over this village and you know, she fell victim. And now she's like, okay, Wanda, I'm playing along with you. I lost the battle with you. And now I'm, I'm, I'm playing along with you. That's how yeah. I interpret it. But I I'm curious what, what else we saw and especially you Flink, cause there's so much Captain Marvel stuff here and Monica yeah. Rambeau. I just, can you please just go? I mean, yeah. Do we want me just to, to start at the beginning? Because that opening yes. scene. <laughs> Courtney's like, yes, please. Yes. We're just, please. Take it from the top. Uh, yeah, that, that. Especially with Maria. I kind of want to know a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw no. a, a glimpse I mean, of her. so. Oh, I have, I have something similar. 
that scene was 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 gut wrenching, and I want to sort of uh, mirror what you said, Courtney, is that we we hadn't really seen that side of of the snap. You know, uh, Spidey far far from home like touched on it, but it was far more lighthearted. Um, so I really enjoyed seeing like the anxiety and the insanity of the situation on like that street level. Um, but that being said, you know. R.I.P. Maria Rambeau. Uh, I, I I think it's you know I think it's a real shame uh, that she won't get to see her daughter sort of ascend to to superherodom. Um, however, that may happen. You know I don't I don't know what the effects of Wanda's powers in this situation might be. But but but, but irregardless, something. I mean, if Wanda powers Monica, if that if that happens here, you'll forgive her. I'll forgive her. I'll <laughs> forgive her. But but. Irregardless, um, I do sort of think that we will will see Maria again through some sort of flashback. I mean, we know that Carol was on Earth for for some time between Infinity War and, and Endgame, so you know I'm sure she's going to check in on her her friend who who is dying of cancer. You know, um, I, I I don't know, I don't know, but and like Captain Marvel too, perhaps. Yeah, you know, perhaps. We'll get, like, perhaps in that. I I had the similar thing where I was like. I really wish we would have seen Lashana Lynch at the beginning and then maybe Monica falls asleep and then wakes up kind of like with what we saw. I, I thought it was a missed opportunity. If I could just take the editor pen and go back, I would have wanted that sucker punch right see, there. See, I, I, I disagree with you on that because I, I think it was more impactful and jarring seeing the reverse snap, having that be the first thing we see because we hadn't, seen that right. before so you're kind of like what the fuck is happening you no, know what and I, I mean? don't like it no had a i agree with you but but think about it we know that that's monica rambo grown up most people yeah. aren't not gonna know that was monica rambo from captain marvel one or that that right. was her mom that's, well, that's the thing that the casual and i'm talking about just a casual mcu fan won't put that together till afterwards True, true. And we did get that nod with the photo and of course the multiple yeah. references to her mother Maria throughout. But the first thing we actually do hear, the first sound in the episode as she snapped back into existence is Brie Larson calling her Lieutenant Trouble. Oh, I didn't hey, pick yes. that up. That was good. As she's being snapped back to existence, we hear Brie Larson calling her Lieutenant Trouble, identifying her as the little girl from the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. So it is kind of hidden there. I didn't no. get it on my first viewing. No, I got but it on my, my second. Yeah, no, and I agree. Uh -oh. I think it's obvious for all of us, but well, I yeah. just I worry about the casual fan not understanding that emotional impact because I felt it. I I I put it I put something on Instagram like I was crying, but I cry for everything these days, but you know. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do really love about Monica here, um, sort of, sort of to bridge the gap between, you know, Captain Marvel, uh, and now something I, like, I, I really, uh, her point of view on the, on the Marvel universe is like completely unique. Cause if you think about it, Iron Man was 2008, the events of Captain Marvel were 1995. So Monica has known the reality of superheroes, aliens, these big yeah. space battles, uh, 13 years longer than the average person. So like, to me, it makes like really perfect sense that, that she seems to be an integral part of S.W.O.R.D. Um, you know, she might've even been director had she not gotten, you know, blipped out of existence. So two questions. Why did Maria create S.W.O.R.D.? And secondly, 
she has like photon as like her nickname. Like what is what is that? That's not her real oh middle my God, name. Look at Flink's smile. You got so, it. Go, go. <laughs> go to town. So photon is one of uh, of course Monica's original uh, you know superhero name in the comics was Captain Marvel, which. That is taken. She was the first female character to have that title, which she's not going to be that. So probably her second most well-known uh, superhero name has been Photon. So I'm assuming that that's definitely going to be her her superhero yeah, name as a nod to to her mother. Um, and as for like Maria Rambo and Sword, there's there's no like precedent for that in the comics or anything. So I don't know like any more than you would on that, but. I, to me, it kind of makes sense that she's kind of this like 90s Peggy Carter. Cause if you remember Peggy went through some superhero yeah. shenanigans and came out of that in the forties and established shield. So yes. Maria Rambeau kind of had her 90s superhero shenanigans and comes out of that establishing sword. And I kind of love the parallel there that, that women wow. who get caught Art. up in the superhero, you know, business, these human women who get caught up in the superhero business and then come out of that, you know, with the agency to set up an agency. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's exactly, I, I had that as one of my bullet points, which was, I love that she mirrors Peggy Carter's story yeah. and that two of the biggest government agencies in the MCU were founded by these two strong characters. You know, Courtney, in the comics, she did not found S.W.O.R.D. I don't even think Maria is a character in the comics. Mm -mm. I think she's exclusively only to the MCU. But- uh -huh. I think the way I inferred it, yeah, she had a space adventure with Carol Danvers and now she's back on earth and she has the experience and she was inspired to create that. And obviously, as Flink said, Monica saw her mom for 13 years, you know, from a perspective and was just inspired. And I love that. I, I it love so it. I love it. And I, the, the, the opening, I'm sorry. The opening scene, I just, I, I want to just go back to it quickly before we move on from it, because I thought it was just so beautiful. And I myself was disoriented yeah. because yeah. when it started happening and Courtney, you, you said it perfectly, the little puzzle pieces, jigsaws, that's a homage to the House of M cover with Wanda, you know, yeah. talking with reality. I know. So when you said that, I was like, oh my God, I thought, oh, this is Monica in a sword facility, you know? kind of, you know, D70s herself, like, you know, getting rid of all that Wanda magic. And it took me a second. I felt like Monica I was like, what's going on? Oh, holy shit, it's a blip. And I don't know about you guys, but Kevin Feige said this in an interview. So now my perspective is tainted now, but he was talking about how going forward, it, it was kind of like a, a coincidence that what happened with the blip is going to parallel what's been going on with the pandemic. And I just thought about all the chaos in the hospital these days. And, wow. and I think they leaned into that. How, to, to what extent, you know, when was this shot? We know some WandaVision had to do some more pickups after, you know, the pandemic. So to what extent, whatever. But I think the parallels are just organically there. And I was just like, I was at the edge of my seats. I, it was kind of like you didn't know you needed that scene. I'm trying to quote what uh, Mark Hamill said. You didn't know you needed that until you got it. Oof. When I first saw it, I, yeah, I thought it was like, oh, are we coming back to her coming back from Wanda's reality and then to be thrown back into the blip and to kind of have everything just set. Again, it's just so like, they really, the cinematography for this has been so well kind of like thought out throughout everything. Like they really think about like, 
how these shots play out, how these transitions play out so that you really feel both the jarringness of being put back into like, a, like it is actually terrifying to think of all places, a hospital where like half the population at that time blipped out and then came back. You already have a full staff there probably dealing with whatever else is occurring just for half that population to come back again really kind of like terrifies you almost and I just love I you know my boyfriend and I were just we had like a funny moment where she like runs up and she just basically bodies that guy right yeah, there wow. <laughs> you're like oh my god this is so like real just like all the panic and frustration but it's like also like the craziness of the the area yeah. I also like super reading into it but I just thought of her bodying that guy and how like how they kind of prioritize it i thought i was like oh is that a little bit of a hint that she you know she has a little bit of superpower in her she she's a little bit stronger than the average joe like that was just something i thought was kind of a clever little That's, i'm so glad you pointed that out because towards the end of the, we'll get there but when she's thrown of course from that energy field i was like how did and of course thrown through a house i was like how could anyone survive that like, <laughs> I, I, courtney i thought the same thing i was like <laughs> She's got to have something like there's not <laughs> why, and I and I I just dismiss this as you know oh haha ha, lazy you know yeah. you know directing or but no I think you two bring up the very valid point and, and Flink I'm curious do we think Monica is empowered at this point? So I would say the I I would say that that is a some a good hint to pick up on. My only hesitation to it is that's not in her power set. So it would be a, a, a change to her, which I'm all for. I think it, it definitely sets her up as being, you know, a heroic character. Cause she ran into that guy and she was not to the ground just like he was, but she was back up helping him like, Oh my God, I got you. I got you like immediately. So um, I'm not, I'm not certain that, that it's any indication that she, you know, is now nigh invulnerable or anything. Uh, but I do think, you know, it does go to establish her as a more heroic character, perhaps. Courtney, in my head, when she was being hurled through, you know, the house and the woods and everything, I was like, Wanda's being nice. Wanda's like patting <laughs> it with her magic. I was thinking mad. that too. You know, but I mean, like, damn, like even just flying from where she flew out of, like when she left the portal and hit the ground, yeah. that that's gonna hurt <laughs> it's gonna hurt that's gonna, it's gonna hurt. knock the wind out of you for sure and then you know the previews we saw later where she just looks like herself again like you know the character was in certain clothes had a certain hairstyle like are they gonna okay you have a theory on that my, my theory was like oh d like what d does she de-magic herself but go i want to hear your your well okay so it's not about like her clothes after she gets zapped out it's actually mm -hmm. about her clothes in her her meeting when she goes back to sword for the first time after the blip because wait Monica's are you gonna talk about the shoes because i know it's the shoes too it's I was not the like, shoes it has oh nothing to do. she has like real shoes. she has madison montgomery heels and i was just like <laughs> wow girl came back from the dead and went shopping <laughs> like yeah no so like her her outfit her actual outfit in those scenes it is basically like the business version of her modern superhero costume the one that's actually on like her marvel legends figure oh, it's got yeah. a tailored jacket it has the white yeah. top it has the black pants she has a little necklace that has something presumably akin to like the Starburst logo that goes on mm. her chest. 
And I, I, I tried to find who would have dressed her on IMDb. I couldn't, but so just props to the, to the costuming department in general. It was to me, at least it was, into it was that person's clear to me. DM. You want to slide into their DMs and be right. like, oh, like you did I'm... old uh, Ms. Blade, Victoria Blade. <laughs> Why is it Victoria? Victoria Blade, if you're listening to this, can you just answer us? <laughs> I, I even tag her on things. Have you seen that? I tag her on things. No. I love photos. I'm like, oh my God, Victoria Blade, I love your haircut. And I do. I really do. <laughs> Courtney, what were you saying? Oh, I was saying, Michael, if you go, I think, to the like Marvel Studios Instagram, they did like a feature like a few episodes back with the costume. Oh. I don't know how. I just was like, after I saw that, like, mini trailer for it was like meant for this episode but i was like oh my god that was freaking out i was like looking down to see if marvel left any more like random videos and that was just one of them that i saw i will have to see i get real nervous with that stuff because usually it shows more than i'm wanting to see i don't know these days i feel like they give so much away like the scenes we were we were just talking about it last week about uh you know dates when you brought it up about did we did we think that these scenes from the same periods, time periods that we've seen in trailers are going to come back into play. And then we we did see, I think, a couple of those. So, in yeah, this episode. So I was going to say that I so I went on like a weird rant on Instagram, as I typically do. And I said something to the effect of this is what's going to happen. You know, Kat Dennings is going to be the one who's been observing her and Agent Wu is the one who's trying to reach her. And then like two days later, I saw a promo that confirmed that. But I'm going to say those, those are just so minor. What, like the, the scene with the blip, I was like, holy yeah, shit. The scene God. with vision, you know, the dead vision, I was like, whoa. But when the episode kicks off and Monica goes to New Jersey, which I love, it's confirmed New Jersey that is right out of the comic. I loved it. It's, I, I thought about what you said last week, Courtney, because Flink and I had the idea that Monica was the agent who was anointed to go in and to infiltrate. And I, Flink, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe our, our, our sort of where we splintered with our theory was that you thought Monica got swept into the narrative. I thought Monica was playing along. But I still think that's vague. But Courtney, yeah. you called it. People were getting sucked in. Monica got sucked into this. And the helicopters and things. I still don't get the helicopter. Those are like, what the fuck was that? Like little drone helicopter. When Monica, when this badass bitch in Madison Montgomery Hills opens up her trunk and pulls out like a little helicopter and it's like, oh, I was like, yeah. fuck. Like give, I, give Monica something cooler. I know, I know. But I, I do want to say that I love that, that reality, the whole bubble like warps things to make them seem... Mm -hmm. yeah to like make sense for the time frame, Like we see it with the sword, the sword drone that, you know, Darcy and agent Wu comment on it. Uh, of course the beekeeper suit, we now know what that's about. It was, you know, a hazmat suit that Wanda's reality didn't understand. So it turned into a beekeeper and turned his tether into like a, a, a skipping rope. Oh, was um, it I a skipping kinda... rope? I didn't really. It did. Yeah. Can I ask a question when it was, since we're on the topic of the beekeeper, when Wanda said no, did it sound different it to you? She said it differently. The two instances where there was a drastic like edit, I watched those, like there was one, the TV didn't show when Dottie, when Dottie and her were talking, didn't show her looking at the radio. It just skipped immediately past the, the cut. And then when the beekeeper came out, 
she goes no like she like she said it like as if she like didn't believe it was like a thing that could exist in their reality so i'm curious if that was like if that's intentional little details there the attention I, to detail it's crazy well, i mean and and by the way guys i don't know if you 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 probably of course know this but agent wu was mm-hmm. a, a character from ant-man and the wasp cat dennings darcy lewis is from thor and thor 2 and the fact that they're bringing these characters in, and by the way, very masterful when you pointed out about her being a doctor, Courtney, mm-hmm. she was an intern at Thor one, I believe, right? She, I, I don't remember. She was either a research assistant well, yeah. or she, she wasn't, was an, she wasn't a she doctor. She was an intern. She wasn't even, if I remember, she wasn't even like studying astrophysics. I yeah. think that there was like just a throwaway line in there that she was, this was an internship she had to do for, 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 for credit. For so yeah. I yeah. feel like because of her experiences in those films, she shifted her focus to astrophysics and became a doctor. Yeah, and I love that. The only thing I'm going to say about that, though, is why have Dr. Darcy Lewis when you can have Dr. Jane Foster? We know know that we're going to get Jane Foster in Thor 4. We know Natalie Portman is like, television, you know, and like scoffed at it probably. Allegedly, I'm just joking. But um, I wish it could have been, I wish we would have gotten a nod to Dr. Jane Foster because she's the one who has the experience with interdimensional travel. And I wish Darcy would have said something like, oh, you know, well, you know, everything going on with Jane, I'm happy to be here. I mean, that would have been nice. It would have been nice, but we also have to consider that it's it's been 10 years since the events of of Thor the Dark World and MCU time at this point. So right, like, and I, again, I'm I, not, what I was saying, I'm not discrediting Darcy. Yeah. I'm just saying that why have Darcy Lewis when you can have the actual person who's been doing this longer and actually traveled into other dimensions. And I think you, you need characters like Darcy to do things. I just wish there would have been a little hint for Thor 4 and what we could kind of be seeing. On a different little little show up character there, a little cameo character. And I'm, I'm probably going to get like all of the MCU stands uh, coming after me for this. But I... I don't think I'm a fan of Agent Wu. <gasps> I look, 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 look. No. Randall oh Park God. is so cute, but I and he, I, I just I don't know. His jokes are bad, and they like pull focus in like a bad way. And that soft, especially that that what do you say? Softball, softball season's one. over. It just yeah. it, it didn't land. It like didn't land, and it it feels a little bit unnecessary unnecessary when you already have a character who's funny, smart and relevant to like the immediate situation with Darcy. Like I felt like sometimes when those two scenes, when we, we had scenes with those two characters together, it, it, I don't know, their chemistry yeah, didn't work. I disagree wholeheartedly. I thought their chemistry yeah. did work. I'm shipping them. I have in my notes right here, shipping Agent Wu and Dr. Darcy Lewis. That is- <laughs> I just thought there I thought Darcy was like super sarcastic and he was like kind of bumbling but not like he was just kind of you know trying to be real like opposite of an FBI agent like kind of friendly like making small talk like type of thing and I enjoyed their interactions I do have to agree with you Flickman that the softball reference like it was a dud like not even like not even that it went (laughs) over my head it's just that it wasn't funny (laughs) and like I kind of understand that that's like his character shtick is he's like got these dad jokes but like they still have to land a little bit you know what I mean it just 
the, the, the show had been like, so like accelerating to that point. And I just felt like that was so out of place that it kind of took me out of it for a second. I don't know. I don't know. It's I, I do have feels on, on him as an agent and his effectiveness, but well, Nightfall, do you have any thoughts on, where do you stand on the Dr. Lewis and Agent Wu shipping? I was just going to make a joke that we're all basically Wanda and Flink is just Monica Rimbo about to get ejected out of this reality. For that <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye y'all. No, I, I, That's I, what I, I'd be doing. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. I think flying. Um, I think their interactions were I think their interactions were fun. I was gonna, you know, this is something I've noticed since Ragnarok and a lot of the films preceding it, that humor started to become much more focal point in a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the, like it wasn't so serious and so cold, if you will. So I, I welcome that they, for sure, like in a moment where this episode's the most serious kind of in a lot of the, the stuff that they're talking about, that they try to kind of put these two characters in there to kind of create levity. I think it just lends itself that, there's like a person people can relate to like, oh my God, he's back. And then, you know, have all these kind of like correlations, but I'm in, uh, I'm indifferent, honestly. I think they did fine. I, you know, there were certain jokes that I was like, okay. Like the potato chip one was like, like, I was like, okay. That's another I, one. I, I have care. no memories another, of this I joke. Like, I have no memories of the softball yeah, joke or was... potato jokes. I just thought they were, I thought they were just giving, they were talking, they were having witty banter yeah. or whatever. It's not that I, I like, to your point, I appreciate that 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 there are characters bringing bringing levity to a serious situation, but like the potato chip joke is another yeah. example. What was a potato of this, chip joke? What was so like- it was when they were sitting there and they were talking about like Wanda manifesting these kids, and Darcy has her baked lays product plug <laughs> that she's eating, and like she makes a comment about kids and is like do you want any? She's talking about her chips. And he's like, oh, you know, oh. I've thought about little agent woos running around. <laughs> and it just like, I appreciate levity, but we were like already getting that with her, with her like joking about somebody bringing her coffee. coffee. Like we already yeah. had like yeah. that levity in this episode. And for me, it just, we only have like 27 minutes. It well, felt- it's, it's, That's the other long. thing. Why wasn't this episode longer? Why didn't they give us a 30, full 30 minute yeah. or 45 minute episode? I think they're saving it for later. I feel like the last two or like the last three episodes are going to be like 30 minutes or 40 or something. Like, by the I way, would, guys, I want an hour long episode. By the way, guys, I've never cared about episode lengths until this very moment <laughs> in my fandom. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, how long is this episode? Like, and by the way, it's, <laughs> it's not just us having this conversation. It's all over Twitter, it's all over Instagram. People are like, how, how many hours of WandaVision are we getting? I'm like, okay i guess i have to care i never cared about this for the netflix you know heroes or anything like that look with agent Wu flink i'm gonna give it to you i i I thought he was adorable but in terms of being an effective agent i was like why is he he's writing stuff on this like dry erase board that we the audience have already asked ourselves for weeks is vision alive yeah yeah we've been asking you tell us you're the fbi agent here i would imagine vision's body missing wanda last spotted here you know it's and and the reason why i'm kind of harping on vision's body is i don't know if you guys read the the article interview with paul bettany where he said that a you know deleted you know scene from a script was supposed to be Wanda going into a morgue 
you know, opening up a bag and it being, you know, Vision's body. And that was supposed to be at the end of Endgame. That was going to be one of the things at Endgame. So I just... Why wouldn't we get that? I know. I, Kevin Feige, come on. So I, I don't... Grim body, you know, isn't that a that a crime to like see the body? <laughs> okay, but Wanda is Necromancy. clearly villainous here. Right? Wanda's yeah. She's what? like, I need this for my reality. <laughs> Wanda's a like, I, Wanda's <laughs> like, I need some clout for my reality show. <laughs> and I'm broadcasting. I need a special guest star. her Wanda Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see Fanta like sponsoring. No, but like, it kind of infuriated me because I understand the meta-ness where Darcy's eating the popcorn and being like, twins, what a twist. And, and, and Agent Wu writing things on the dry erase board. But at this point, we're halfway through the series. I, I want some answers. And you, the characters who are a doctor and an, an FBI agent, you should be the one starting to provide answers or looking at this in an analytical way that we, the audience, aren't doing it. And that's where I did not appreciate the meta-ness. That's where I was kind of like, eh. I actually think it did work though there. So when you look at the questions he asked, it's all the same questions that we've been asking, obviously. Right. But I think what it does is it's not meant to be like, Oh, look, these are the same questions you're asking that. I think it's, they're posing these questions to say that there's importance to these things. So is vision alive? I think that now calls into question that there's going to be something down the road. One thing I, I, I think we can assume will happen for sure obviously is that Wanda's powers are going to start to become more real in the sense of what they can do. And I think we've seen it with the skip rope, the bee suit, uh, Monica's outfit. I think whatever happens in that bubble will permanently exist in the world unless Wanda does something about it. So I think something like vision being alive or coming back to life is a possibility. I also think they asked what's with, or they said something about like hexagons. So they even brought to the point like the whole hexagon narrative, which has been like everywhere in every episode, there's always like a hexagon shape. It was like with the stars. I noticed it in the intro, the seventies intro, but I didn't notice it. I haven't noticed it anywhere else. Westview is like the perimeter. Westview is a hexagon. Do we think that at this point, do we think that bubble is Wanda's powers? Yes, I do. I, I, I do too, but I, what, what, again, what throws me in my theory that I can't quite, you know, say here is who's editing this reality. Right. Well, I think that's, I think I that's mean, why, why are they editing it? Like they're broadcasting and editing it. I just, I need to know why. I'm curious. Is I'm, it Evan Peters? You well, know, like maybe it's a, if maybe it's just like a thing that's happening, it's not meant to happen, but maybe it's happening. And then when they caught on that someone was maybe into it, that's when they started editing it. I don't know. That's just Flink talking about this out loud right now. I'm just convinced it's Mojo and, and Evan oh Peters my. is playing long shot. I am, I am 100% convinced now we have Mojo. As long as Dazzler comes along too, I'm fine. I was going to say something about Halston and that's why I like, I stopped myself. Anyways, yeah, guys, we got we got rejected by the girl who played Dazzler for five seconds in X Men: Dark Phoenix. We asked her to be on the podcast, and she's she appreciates the offer, but she's unavailable. Really? What doing what exactly? exactly. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh what is she doing? Tell yeah. me what she's doing. Yeah. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> like, listeners, we are saving all our thoughts on Dazzler for Dazzler Month, which is March. I had a question. Okay. On that whiteboard, was there the word like scrolls like written on there or like half cut off? I thought I saw like on the the, like corner side, it was like you 
like R-U-L-L-S. I didn't catch that, but that would make a lot of sense that they would theorize shapeshifters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Hang on. Let me, I'm just looking. We haven't had like a secret invasion kind of. Oh my God. I love it. By the way, I typed in WandaVision (laughs) and I put white and then it just said bored as so people are watching, like literally doing this. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Let me see. So on the whiteboard, what I'm seeing, why hexagon shape, uh, why sitcoms, same time and space is vision alive phone lines, digital. It was like towards the side, like not in the main list. Yeah. Hang on. Let me, I think. Okay. Yeah, squirrels is there. It's not even. Oh, it's not even whited and like oh, erased wow. out. It is actually there. Squirrels right there. Wow. Wow. And Courtney. it would make sense, Courtney. That bravo. Would be all over it. Bravo, Courtney. Oh, yeah, and that. So to Flink's point right here, yeah, sword would be over it because the first indication we got of sword was Fury at the end of Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah. Being on board a squirrel ship and I guess kind of being in charge. I. I don't know. TBD, TBD in in the upcoming Disney Plus Secret Invasion series. That's right. I have one last question on Jimmy Woo. So he's an FBI agent. How much like has the FBI been involved in the Marvel universe? Because it seems like I was like, I'm I'm surprised that I mean, of course, I think everyone in this in the MCU world knows about superheroes, the Avengers, and all that. But FBI being brought in, it feels like knowing kind of law enforcement in our world, they'd want to separate, of course, like sword being like coming in, oh, we'll handle, we'll take care of this or shields like, oh, we don't need you anymore here. We'll handle it from well, here. You, you have to consider that originally this was just a missing persons case. So Agent yeah. Wu was there to check up on somebody who he was, I suppose, some sort of parole officer for, which is exactly the role that we've seen him in in the right. Ant-Man right. movies. He was the FBI agent in charge, the federal agent in charge of checking in on federal criminal Scott Lang. So mm-hmm. I think that is the reason that the FBI are involved here, uh, just because of the the origins of the investigation. But I personally, and Day Spring Nightfall, jump in if you if you remember anything. But I don't remember the FBI having a huge role in anything else in the no, MCU. Oh, I don't. I was going to say it always just went through Shield for the most right. part. Whenever those kinds of things happen, so I was yeah, I was kind of like confused when I was thinking about that. I was like. How much does the FBI need to be involved beyond a missing persons case? I'm confused at like, where is S.H.I.E.L.D. in all this kind of going on? So we haven't seen S.H.I.E.L.D. I I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So Flink, I don't know if you watched it. No. To my understanding, so S.H.I.E.L.D. has been disbanded since Winter Soldier. And that's the last time it it existed in a official capacity. What about Spider-Man Far From Home? What who were, was who and, was Fury and Maria Hill working for? I I don't remember. Let's look that up really quickly. I don't remember specifically the answer to you Courtney for you Courtney is that Shield does not exist as a legal entity anymore. Got it. And okay. the last time we saw Maria Hill before Spider-Man Far From Home, she was applying for something at, you know, Tony Stark's company. And I think that's where she could be or where she landed. Let's see. Maria Hill, Colby Smolders. It just lists her as Fury's crew, which is 
a tactical group formed by Nick Fury in the aftermath of the of Shield's downfall. Hmm. That's it. So I don't think we have an official okay. Shield again. I mean, they were re they were they were re you know reformed in the obviously the Agents of Shield TV show, but we have to this point we have not seen any evidence that that show actually took place in the MCU. Yeah, and I I've seen sword as sort of the evolution of shield now in the mcu i we'll see i'm sure i'm sure she will make a comeback superheroes love to make a comeback but so guys any what are your working theories here going on i mean i the dark wanda saga is here oh it is here she like she seems to have some brief awareness that what she did to monica was wrong and that like allowed her is what allowed her to see vision as he truly is dead but then now wanda you can't go around throwing your neighbors out of their house you can't go around (laughs) doing that wanda no but like i i I don't know like it she just she was really she immediately switched to like this really cold and calculated wanda who's literally like i have everything under control do you girl do you really? I, I don't you think know, you that do. that scene, I, there were two things. The way I read that scene was Monica kind of brought her out of her, whether it's acting, whether it's her programming, I guess we'll see. And that's why she was able to see vision like that. Maybe it was a lapse in her powers or maybe it was just a remembrance of her trauma. Yeah. But I, I was really sympathetic to Wanda when she looked at vision and she said, no, we can't go anywhere else. This is our home. And I was like, she's fighting for something. Did she her know sanity. She was, her sanity. Did she know she was going to be able to create children? And this is her only shot for happiness. You I know, mean, that's kind of like where I got in her mind. One of us has to like Wanda Flink. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think it's, I, like I said in the last episode where I was like, something bad will happen in the sense that something will be taken away from her because it just shows like, that's just a natural I feel like that's the natural storyline for her in this series where it's like, she's going to lose all this happiness. Something's going to threaten it, if you will. And there's that clip where they're like, you know, this is our home. We have to fight for it. So I think to an extent, Wanda wants to stay in this reality and kind of keep it the way it is and, you know, keep this level of happiness. But again, like what I've been saying, that bubble is going to burst. And then she's going to realize though, that her power can, can go beyond where it is and that she'll we'll start to see things like the multiverse and all that stuff start to really be a ramification of what she does because she's a very powerful character i i was like i was i was telling um day spring a few hours ago how i watched the house of m floating hands and there's that scene where cyclops says i liked the days when wanda's powers were just slight inconveniences instead of warping (laughs) reality warping (laughs) abilities and it's them fighting and she's like i don't want to hurt you and she just like causes paper clips to fall onto scott (laughs) it's just like like i think we're just seeing because for for an average fan they don't know what wanda's abilities are this is the first time they're really and even to most people they don't really understand that wanda can warp reality so i think this is going to become the you know the the first part where or the first moment we'll start to see that she can really just destroy everything or wreck everything if she sees fit well not only that even mcu fans they're they haven't shown her beyond doing telekinesis 
Mm-hmm. And a little, you know, telepathy, which with her red hair might as well have just been Jean Grey, you know, <laughs> shout the- out to Demanda <laughs> Martini. But Courtney, I'm curious, what are your sort of working theories now? Yeah. So I, on that point, I had really no idea how powerful um, Wanda truly was. And until we see this, and I, and I still have like a lot of more, like a lot questions, especially with how vision, like how she brought him back. Is he just like kind of an apparition? Like, I don't know how real he is versus not, but in my head, I'm thinking, gosh, she must be like so incredibly powerful in order to actually like realize all of this and to maintain it as well as she's been doing where everything has moving parts and it, it just seems like so much. I think she may have made a deal with the devil. I, I and I hate to say You're like that. You're so going back on everything. I, I you know, said. I know, but I, but I think the devil is named Mojo. That's like literally <laughs> one hundred. Like I have it in my head now that it's Mojo doing all this. Why is it being broadcast? Why? Yeah, it's being broadcast to other people in the multiverse, so people in other multiverses can see this show, and that is so Mojo. I mean, listen, I was posting about Mojo on Instagram earlier. I would love for, I would love for this to be Mojo. I know. And I have Mojo in my head because of you. So, know. you know, you're welcome. You're welcome for me <laughs> delivering this theory to you now. Hey, I, like I said, I would love, I would love for it to be that. Here's the other thing that now I'm kind of going to go back on a theory about Wanda in a moment of desperation, reaching out for her brother. I think... Evan Peters is going to play a character who's casted as Pietro. Does that make sense? Sort of like how the other people are, are real life people in the MCU, but they're casted in a role. I think Evan Peters is going to be a character who is assigned the Pietro role. Do you think so? It's, do you think it's actually Evan Peters like Quicksilver from the X-Men movies? And then it's going to just be coincidental (laughs) that he's <laughs> that. I no, I didn't think about that until this very moment. Yes, ah. right there. Boom. Wanda reaches for Pietro, gets Peter. I think that was his name yeah. in the in, in Days of Future Past and, and the Fox movies. So she's <laughs> gonna bring Peter and be like, you're gonna play Pietro. Yeah. <laughs> so there. There. I don't know. It's what do you think? That's that's a funny meta-ness there. I think that would be like this like cleverness. I love meta. I I studied metatextuality before it was a thing in pop culture. And I think this is ridiculously oh, too meta. Got an expert over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's too meta. It's too meta. I think it's really like, like I love the tongue in cheekness of the series. I said, it, you know, when we first watched the first episode, it was funny. You know, there's a lot of humor in this. And I think that makes all the more sense. Like even them just being like, oh, twins what a twist you know it's like they're definitely playing into that so i i'm i would let i would live if like she pulled peter from the x-men universe and was like you're playing pietro it's like it's just so funny like it, it and then like that's when the reality bursts and then she realizes she actually did bring someone or whatever happens there um i i just feel like there's going to be a dramatic reveal i also i feel like it's a bit more of a darker reveal i feel like when you look at the trailers there's a scene where like, because if you freeze frame a lot of the spots, there's a scene where she's like reaching out to like something yellow, like the, the, the Mind Stone basically. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, looks like she's in a medical gown. So I'm even thinking going back to like, uh, whoever brought up the morgue thing, I was like, wouldn't that be messed up if she's like in the morgue and like 
like this has all been playing out like somehow like <laughs> that's I, like dark it would I, go with daydream believer the song they've been using exactly and like the fact that she's like with visions literally visions body because like she saw him and i think that was like a, a like a, a moment of like the reality kind of breaking there. i, I yes. think i agree reality is going to be breaking so we're going to get a flashback to the experiments on her and then her having to break the mind stone i the only thing I'm going to say in terms of a theory to end my theory is that I think Agnes is a victim here. And I think Agnes is going to be the real hero of WandaVision. And she's going to be like, Wanda, stop this right now. And she's going to tell everyone, she's going to tell Mr. and Mrs. Hart, get out of here. I've got this. And she's going to tell Dottie, don't worry. I'm going to defend us all. I'm going to protect life. And she's going to battle it out with Wanda. And Wanda and her are going to tear open reality. That's my only theory I'm going to say. I'm still saying Dottie. Dottie's got more to, <laughs> Dottie's got more to do with it. Dottie's I, got more to do here. I agree. And I hope so because I love I love Emma Caulfield very much. And I hope you're right. I mean, I mean, Agnes and 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 Dottie and and all of that aside, I, if you like cannot tell how by how like enthusiastic I've been this entire time, I I really love this episode. Um and yes, a lot of that is because of Ms. Monica Rambeau. You know, she's definitely one of my very favorite uh, non-mutant characters. And I'm happy that she's, you know, finally, finally, finally getting her, her live action dues. But, but also just like in general, you know, it finally feels like the MCU that I've always really wanted is here. I mean, it feels like the mutants are coming, you know, they're, they're mere minutes away from making their debut. I've, I've fully, uh, you know, hitched to my, myself to your theory about that day spring. You know, we've got Monica joining Carol, She-Hulk and Kamala Khan are coming. And I mean, listen, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm no stan of, of Wanda, but, but the, the themes and the ideas, the characters and the concepts, like all of the things that are sort of the, the focus of this are, are, are what I've always wanted like to hub. be the focus of the MCU. So it's like- It's a hub for what's coming. If, if, if Wanda is the vehicle that is driving us to, to get to this place in the MCU where I've always wanted to go, Fine by me. I will allow a sort of redemption for the <laughs> pretender. I will. I'll and I love that it. she's a pretender. I hope she does something really now. Na- I, I think it's going to be years from now, maybe like phase six, if they really want to do it, like where she will depower the mutants or, or something like that. I don't think they're going to no. introduce some mutants. But I love that journey for Wanda being like the boogie woman of Krakow. I love that story. I think it's 100% great, but... It's funny, a couple years ago, a lot of like industry bloggers were reporting on the fact that the X-Men were going to be introduced to the MCU and that it was going to be through Disney+. And at the time, people were like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. And now if you see, there are rumors that Storm is getting her own Disney Plus show. And, and now we know that Disney Plus television shows are not it's not television where you're putting lesser known characters or lesser known plots. It's actually clout for bigger stories. And I think it's masterful what Kevin Feige is doing, which is, okay, we have your attention maybe once or twice a year at the box office, but now all year long, you can stay in touch with these stories like you do with the comic books. And we're going to give you, we're going to plant seeds here and there, and it's all going to stream into a larger narrative. As usual, I think we, we have managed to, (laughs) 
pick apart a 27 minute episode <laughs> and turn it into a full hour's worth of Wanda Sode. Wanda Sode? Don't you want a Wanda Sode? I do want a Wanda Sode. Not gagged. a mini Sode, clearly. Dayspring, how gagged would you be if one of the commercials was a Fanta commercial? <laughs> it would be perfect in the 90s reality. I, I, oh. I would laugh so much if they like if they did that as a play i would be like kevin fahey where's our check hydra 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 don't you you want hydra well so courtney you wouldn't know but i think flink and nightfall would know that like if that actually did happen i'd be like they fucking owe me money because they have been listening to our show they stole our ideas i am not having any of this i'm gonna like no get angry about it i will be chanel oberlin in the court scene at the end of Scream Queen screaming ah! like that. So, yeah, no. I, I, you know, I'm anticipating and it's because Elizabeth Olsen dodged the question. Flink, you brought this up. I'm anticipating a Full House reference. Oh, yeah. And I would love to see Candace Cameron kind of like pop in because she needs a clout. We oh, can get damn. hot mess Stephanie Tanner though. That that brings. Oh my god! Can you imagine Stephanie Tanner? Like, so Stephanie Tanner is just gonna like come in and just be like, "What's going on?" Did you guys watch Fuller House? I did not watch not Fuller. Fuller. I I watched every single fucking. Of course episode. you did. Do you know what I really <laughs> really Stephanie want? Is a hot mess. I really want Agnes to come over. Kimmy Gibbler realness. <laughs> That's what I want. Whoa, what? Don't we have it with the sun? That's probably the 80s. It's a well, let me ask you guys a question. What do you think the 90s or, or who, who do you think the 80s is a parody of? I, I, don't, I don't know if I can pinpoint a specific 80s television show that the with Wanda with like the curly hair and then like the half pony and like the, the, the past fires jumping up in the air. I, I haven't watched the trailers enough, but... I'm assuming if we're thinking, you know, I, Rose, Roseanne and Full House are really the only two They're, family yeah. sitcoms I can think of. And I would imagine that they would be because if that was the nanny, was the oh, nanny in the yeah, scene? The nanny, the nanny was the early 90s. So oh. Roseanne and Full House both started late 80s and hit their peaks in the 90s. Yeah. So those could go kind of either either decade. I thought maybe who's the boss because that's a big one with Alyssa Milano. I full house. And I, I don't care where it lands in terms of the reference for me, always felt a little bit more nineties along with Roseanne. And that could be just the way I was, my, my perspective was coming of age. I do think Roseanne is there with the suspenders and her looking a little like all angry. Like, so, but the specifically the one where they're in like eighties gear, hardcore 80s gear i just i'm not i don't know where the reference is coming from no i'm not sure Urkel? either i don't know I, family matters i'm just sitting here thinking about it and i'm like now that disney owns fox are we gonna get like a brief glimpse of like simpsons wanda i hope so oh i would love God. that the Scarlet Witch. I can't do it. I would love that. Yeah. I think, you know, the, I was thinking about this, though, because everyone on Instagram and Twitter is talking about, you know, WandaVision. And I'm going to applaud Disney and Kevin Feige for giving us a show that there is a lot to speculate and there is yeah. a lot to, to pick apart. Whether you like the show or not, you can't deny the amount of Easter eggs and references that they're pouring into this. Yeah. 
Made with love as usual. All right, as always, I am the uncanny day spring. And I'm the adjectiveless Flinkman. I'm the uncanny nightfall. <laughs> I'm your soulmate. <laughs> that was so lame. I'm just the soul Courtney on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.